The defensive coordinator needs to be fired now. And again, I know this year I've been been very off on the defensive coordinator. I mean, there's been so many problems with the Eagles, really. And he, it's not that he shouldn't have went unblamed, but let's be fair. Where were you going to find the holes in the defense when you played the, the likes of the Washington football team um, and the Cincinnati Bengals, who had the number one overall pick? And then last week when you played the San Francisco 49ers who were on their second string quarterback and half their offense was hurt. So of course the defense was going to fool us into believing maybe they had fixed some things, right? They were horrible against the Rams, but you thought maybe that was the outlier when really that should have been, you know, (laughs) the constant. That was the one offense worth of crap that they played and they got exposed. Well, guess what? They gave up 38 again today. Let's let's just go over what happened in this game. Um, I'll give you the five reasons why. The Eagles lost, and I'm not. And again, it's going to be defensive heavy. But let's start first, though, with the offense. Let's start with one guy. Let's start with Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz had one catch for six yards. Zach Ertz was a big part of an interception that started that second half. Um, Zach Ertz sucks at football. There's not. It's it's not even debatable at this point. And like I said, if this has to do with his contract, he's already gone to me. I don't want to see Zach Ertz here anymore. I thought at the beginning of the year, just like Brandon Graham, they were going to figure out Zach Ertz and there was nothing to worry about. Well, now the more I watch him play, I don't want to see him play anymore. He, I mean, he looks washed. He contributes nothing. He can't separate. Anybody who puts his hands on him, I, like th- there was a play early in the game on a third down where he ran it out and it was the right throw by Wentz. He, he made the right decision to throw it to him. Um, Nelson got his hands on him, jammed him a little, and that was it. He was off his route. On the interception, he got bumped by uh, Tim Williams. He's off his route. Everything. He's just weak. He looks like he's weak. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know what's going on, but here's my thing. At this point with Zach Ertz, I'm done with him. And I think the Eagles need to be done with him too. I mean, I know that they could let him walk and you get some compensation pick or whatever. I I would be looking to trade him. I really would. He is just like, it just looks like he's playing... Usually when you get into these moments, right, there's these two things that could come out. You could either play mad, where you look like you're pissed off at the world and you want to prove a point, or you play sad, and you look like you're just balled up, you know, curled up in a ball and you don't want anybody to come near you. And that's what that dude's playing like. There is nothing that Zach Ertz provides to the Philadelphia Eagles right now that they can't get. I mean, really, Richard Rodgers had, what I don't even know how many plays he was on the field today, but he had the catch from Hertz. That was more production than Zach Ertz gave you. He's just weak. It just looks weak out there. I'm done with him. I am. I'm really much. I, I am done with Zach Ertz. I don't need to see him anymore. He's another one. This is, listen, and, and again, don't get me wrong. Will there be moments probably later this year where you're like, okay, God, this team is going to have to get blown up at the end of the year anyway. Salary cap wise, it was inevitable. But you got to start looking at guys you don't need. Zach Ertz. Gives you nothing. Fletcher Cox is giving us nothing. He really is. He's giving us nothing too. There's your two of your higher paid players, right? I'm just saying. There's going to be some decisions made because this defensive line that we spent all this money on, what did I tell everybody the three keys to winning this game were today? If the Eagles were going to compete and beat beat the Steelers, they needed Carson Wentz to have a quarterback rating over 100. That didn't happen. Now, again, I know that suffers on the Hail Mary touchdown interception or uh, interception he threw at the end of the game. And it also goes down because Zach Ertz completely boned him on that interception too. But um, the other thing was the Eagles had to limit their defensive line from sacking our quarterback. 
And for the most part, I thought our offensive line actually did hold up. I know the sack numbers looked a little higher, but the Eagles kind of got one-dimensional. Um, and to be fair, they blitzed a lot, and there was a lot thrown at them. I thought, again, they scored 29 points. The offensive line clearly was not much of a massive issue. It wasn't the issue I thought it potentially could be. Put it like this. It wasn't Washington bad, right? And this was with four backups in the game because Lane Johnson left. It was Driscoll, Pryor, Kelsey, the only starter, then Herbig and Mylotta. And it never got too bad. But I did say the other key would be what? Our defensive line had to beat up their offensive line. We had to sack their quarterback at a minimum three times. They sacked him once. It was like on the first drive, too, and that was it. Our defensive line is violently overrated. They tricked us. They made. They fooled us. They fooled us by beating up these bad teams. And I'm sure they'll have their moments against some more bad teams this year where they stack their stats and they make you believe that they're better than they are. But when they have to go up and play against a team that actually has the ability to punch them in the face... They wilt. This team is a bunch of sad players. The fourth reason why. Let's go with the corners. Mills and Slay. And again, I'm not going to bust Slay too much. He, he didn't have his best game. It's clear as day. Um, the pass interference that happened to him early in the game that gave them a free seven points, that was completely egregious. The referees were all horrific. They were horrific. Horrific. And they weren't just horrific for the Eagles. They were horrific for Pittsburgh too because that penalty that they called on Claypool, the offensive pass interference that essentially possibly took a touchdown away or would have been a bigger play, whatever. That was horrible. That was a horrible call. There were some things like the Ebron catch that they called in there. It was just, these guys were terrible. They were terrible all day. They called a roughing on Carson Wentz that was not a roughing. I mean, it was it was god-awful officiating. Then you got to look at the play at the end of the first half where Fulgham caught the ball, and they tried to say that because he went backwards. I mean, it was, an, it was an in-breaking route. I mean, really, of course he catches it going towards the sidelines. He gets out of bounds. The clock should have stopped. It cost us 20 seconds. John Hightower is a complete and absolute numbskull. He could have caught the ball and went out of bounds on the next play. He, he runs and stays in bounds. We have to use a timeout. Then Arthega Whiteside finally makes a catch, and we can't kick a field goal because we're out of timeouts. And by the way, on the play, play prior to that, Carson Wentz threw a bomb. And again, I get it. It was going to be a hard pet catch, but John Hightower didn't track the football, didn't even come close to catching it. it it's just crazy. And don't get me wrong. I will talk about the wide receivers later in, uh, in this thing. But let's just go on again back to the corners because we're talking about the five reasons why the Eagles lost. Um, like I said, Darius Slade did not have his best day. Um, but Jalen Mills is god-awful. He's horrible, and we all knew this. I mean, this isn't a spoiler. This isn't like, you know, this is shocking, breaking news. Jalen Mills stinks at his job. No, but he stinks at his job. He's really bad at it. And Avante Maddox's injury, I mean, again, everybody wanted to blame Avante. They think he's bad too, but he, trust me, his bad is way better than Jalen Mills' bad. Jalen Mills is just slow. He's plotting. He can't run. He, he can't stay attached to a wide receiver. He's bad. Of course, our corners are bad. It's just, a, it's you know, it's like a revolving door. It's a never-ending story with the Eagles. Bad cornerback play. Third reason why, um, Nathan Gary. And here's the thing. We, this isn't, again, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Everybody knows Nathan Gary absolutely sucks at football. He's just an atrocious football player. And don't get me wrong. I mean, as bad as he is, and again, we'll talk about what happened here at the play that decided the game. But if you watch that play where, you know, obviously, and I called it before it happened. I go, my God, is that Claypool? And that's Gary lined up over him. Regardless of, and like I said, I'll go into more detail on this play, but just talking about the actual matchup, all Claypool did was run a, he just ran a go. I mean, he didn't even have to shake Gary, and Gary was falling down. Can't play his job. He's just not good at it. And and again, it's getting to the point of why do we have to keep freaking calling out Nate Gary every week? Well, we'll get to that. Let's talk about the two main reasons why the Eagles lost. One, Doug Peterson's two. And I know people will say, well, the offense did well, so why would he be two? Well, here's what happened in this game. Let's think about it. Let's just go to the very end, right? 
very end where we get the turnover. They have the ball down by two points, right? Um, it's 31-29. And, you know, they get the third. It's third and five, and he tries to throw the ball to Fulgham. It's incomplete. Fourth and five. There's three minutes to go in the game. Trots out Jake Elliott to bang a, th- a 57-yarder, right? My thing with Doug Peterson is too often he doesn't realize what is going on in the football game, right? Because even if Jake Elliott bangs that field goal, everybody listening to this, everybody watching that game, they knew in their heart there's no freaking way Ben Roethlisberger, given four downs every 10 yards, isn't taking the Eagles right down into field goal range, or the Steelers right down into field goal range to win the game. Hell, score a touchdown to win the game. It was inevitable. There was too much time left, and the Steelers had, two, I think, believe two timeouts still. It was an inevitable thing. The better play is you go forth there on fourth down because if you get it, now Pittsburgh has to use a timeout. And you know what you're doing? At this point, you are now playing offense to win the football game. You you actually hold the cards in your hands. You may not have to give the back ball the ball back to the Steelers. Your defense was horrible all game. He knew our defense was horrible all game. We got benefits from some terrible, terrible officiating to keep the Steelers out of the uh, scoreboard more than what they should have. But regardless, you get that first down there, and guess what happens? Now you have the opportunity to put the game on ice, trap Jake Elliott out there, have him kick a field goal that's inside of 57 yards to now win the game. That's it. That's all you could have asked for. You would have won 32-31, but no. But no, he wanted to kick this field goal. First of all, it's a complete bomb field goal, especially in Pittsburgh. Nobody ever makes kicks that far in Pittsburgh, especially in the way they were kicking it. And I don't care if Elliott got it or not. He's, he's Again, his clutchness to me has been lost since 2017. But regardless, even if, like I said, what was the, the reward of making it? You go up one against uh, a team like Pittsburgh who we haven't stopped on offense if they threw the ball all day. Roethlisberger was going to take them right down the field. So the, there was, it wasn't like there was six seconds left. There was three minutes left. But if you get that fourth down, now you're in the, you're the, you literally control the, uh, what's going to happen here at the game. You have the opportunity, one more first down, where you win the game with your kicker on the field with no time left. You play offense, and your offense, in, in a way, is now playing defense. So you're playing defense with your offense. It was horrible. He was horrible. I will not forget. Like, he does this a lot. He did it, like I said, in that Saints game. I will always bring that up. You sometimes have to understand the flow of the game. And too often, this coach does not understand the flow of the game. But let's speak about coaches. Let's talk about some coaches, right? Let's talk about the number one reason why that the Philadelphia Eagles lost. They lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz absolutely sucks as a defensive coordinator. The play of the season. I just referenced it. It It was the Gary uh, touchdown that he gave up to Claypool, right? Who, by the way, had four touchdowns. You think they would have made a point to take this guy out because he can't adjust. But on that play, you have Nathan Gary lined up in man coverage on Chase Claypool. And I don't want to hear for one single second while Darius Slay was out. We were down corners. I didn't see Graylon Arnold out there. I didn't see Elijah Riley. You did not have a corner out there on their best receiver of the day. That was their top guy all day. I I mean, it was like picking, like, Roethlisberger couldn't believe what he saw. As soon as he went to the line, there was no adjustments. He knew exactly, holy God, I'm going right here. This is going to be, and it was the easiest touchdown ever thrown. 
I'm done with Jim Schwartz. I'm done with his off coverage. I'm tired of seeing our guys 10 yards back just getting beat on ins and slants. Like, I mean, really, there's just nothing you can beat them. Any type of out route is an instant completion because our guys are on their heels. Our corners are taught to play cornerback on their heels. That's not how you play. There's no aggressiveness with the Eagles defense. It's all soft-ass bullshit. He coaches a soft way. Listen, I get it. We won a Super Bowl. He was horrible in that game. Our defense was absolutely god-awful. We won a Super Bowl. I'm thankful. But again, this team, we all lived through Jim Johnson. That was aggressive, punch-you-in-the-face defense. Absolutely. Is there going to be times where you get beat on blitzes? Of course, that's what happens. That's why it's risk-reward. But you never felt like you weren't the aggressor when Jim Johnson called our defense, no matter what. You knew our defense was going out there to deliver some blows. You know what's not happening on this team anymore? That we play soft-ass bitch defense. That's what it is. It's just bitch defense. And I'm sorry, I'm tired of it. I don't need any more bitch defense. I don't need any more bitch play on the Eagles. Zach Ertz is playing like a bitch, right? You got that on offense, and then you see it on on our defense nonstop with all our corners. They have to play 10 yards off. They can't man up and go get physical with any of their wide receivers. Why? Because no, we have to play bitch defense because our, our defensive coordinator is a bitch. That's what it is. He wants to play like a bitch. That's what we're getting. We're getting bitch defense. I'm tired of it. This, 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 there's too many guys on that defense that shouldn't be playing soft football. There's too many guys that out there that want to go out there and, and, and crack skulls and play hard. And this guy's coaching them to be soft. They need to fire the defensive coordinator. He needs to be relieved of his duties. We need to get a mind in there that wants to play aggressive defense. The NFL is a scoring league. Nobody is going to keep teams off the board. It's just not possible anymore. But you need to start bringing heat. You need to start putting pressure on defenses and Jim Schwartz or on offenses. And Jim Schwartz does not do that as a defensive coordinator. He absolutely sucks. Now, in regards to actual good things that came from this game, there was one. There was one glaringly good thing. And that's anybody with a pulse saw it. It's Travis Fulgham, the star from last week, the big reception, Travis Fulgham, 10 catches, 152 yards and a touchdown. It was great because, I mean, if you watch this and you watched Carson Wentz's rapport with with Travis Fulgham, he was throwing the ball confidently to Travis Fulgham. And and I noticed this and anybody, again, he throws the ball confidently, it seems like, to two wide receivers. It's Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham, and that has to do a lot with with trust. And it's crazy to think that he has all this trust in Travis Fulgham this quick, but he sees that he could kind of throw this uh, ball to this guy, and the worst that's going to be is going to be incomplete. He's going to go up. He can go up and make catches like today. I mean, he went up and made some catches over the top of corners. It was great. It was nuts to watch. We finally had a receiver doing something that they drafted J.J. Ortega-Whiteside to do. And I know J.J. had a catch today, but it's crazy to think that Travis Fulgham um, tied the amount of catches that JJ had all last season in one game. Travis Fulgham is a budding star here for the Eagles at a position that they desperately need help. I mean, he he is an absolute player. You go 10 for 152, I don't care. You're a player. He made some great catches. It was great catches. It was contested catches. And you could see his confidence growing throughout this game. And, and you could see he feels like he might belong now. He is a diamond in the rough. He is a compliment to the general manager. But the general manager is the main reason that the Eagles have failed. And that's why they are where they are. Because again, the contracts we've given to the players that obviously are not living up, that's clear as day. But I mean, really, you look around our team and it's just Carson Wentz. Yes, was this Carson Wentz's best game of the year? I think it was. I thought it was his best performance of the year. I thought he threw the ball a lot more confidently. But I mean... We're playing with a low bar here because, I mean, again, it just it, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't elite. And you could tell me, I mean, that throw to Hightower, 
yeah, that throw to Hightower, I mean, Hightower is just, I'm done with him. I, I'm over the John Hightower experience here. It's just another thing, another receiver the Eagles drafted. It just looks like, you know, you just don't have it. You don't have it. I mean, I saw it, it reminded me similarly to the play that Arthur Whiteside dropped against the Lions last year on that fourth down that would have won that game. Well, this one here was a big play at the end of the first half, and I mean, he just whiffed on the football. He didn't even come close to touching it. JJ at least had his hands on that ball in the Detroit one. This one here, this guy just completely whiffed. No ball skills. And, and I'm so tired of hearing about things from training camp, like, oh, this guy popped. This guy looked good. This guy, this guy, this guy. The one guy that I heard did look good, it, it looked like it was Travis Fulgham. And guess what? Travis Fulgham has been literally the one shining bright spot on this offense with Greg Ward. Those are the two guys. The only two guys on offense worth the shit right now. And probably Dallas Goddard, but he's hurt. But the thing with Wentz was yeah, it, a little too often. I mean, he's still holding the ball in the pocket. I mean, I get it. it there's just still things that he's doing, but I, at least his play is improving. And we need it to improve. And... and <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm just so worried that he's broken. I really am. I mean, I watched him, but today, I mean, at least today gave me some type of hope with Carson Wentz. I mean, he was far, far, far from the reason the Eagles lost this game. I mean, really, they scored 29 points. If you told me at the beginning of the day against that defense, you're going to get 29, you, you better hope your defense, which is supposed to be your best unit, steps up and helps you win that game, and it, it, it just didn't happen. And like I said, I would have liked to see him go for it on that fourth and five. I don't know if that's the coach not having confidence in the quarterback. I don't know why he wouldn't have today. I know on the third and five, he threw up a bad play. It was just a bad play. I didn't like that third and five play. I thought the third and five play should have been a play where you were designing it to go for it on fourth down. I was cool with like if they ran another draw. That's how Sanders popped for the 75-yard touchdown to start the game. It was on a draw on a third and nine. By the way, Sanders, 74-yard touchdown run. He had freaking 10 carries for six yards the rest of the game. That's not good. And again, that is the offensive line. A lot of that. Our, our offensive line. But again, I did not expect our offensive line to dominate the Steelers' defense line. That was far from it. You just wanted them to keep their heads above water. A lot of things with this team. I mean, it is. And again, I know I'm critical, very critical of Carson Wentz, but I'm going to continue to be critical of Carson Wentz because I expect him to play at an elite level. Was he at an elite level today? No, he was not. Was he at his best level of the season? Yes. Now, I will say this. If this Carson Wentz played against Washington and played against the Rams and played against, you know, the Bengals, we're absolutely for sure winning two of those three games, possibly even competing more in that Rams game. I don't know what would have happened. I don't know if it would have ended like this game ended, but that game would have been much closer because he was much, much better today. And maybe it has to do with Travis Fulgham playing. Maybe he finally has somebody he's confident in. I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, we could sit here and say uh, this guy and this guy, but he, the guys he throws the ball confidently to, like, it was Alshon Jeffrey. He had trust that Jeffrey was not going to let that ball get intercepted. He could throw it, and Jeffrey can go get it. And you could see that he finally found that today with Fulgham, which was great. Now it's on the general manager, though. Because this, this again, this is bad. It's, it's just it, this team is bad. They are. I wanted to find out more about the team, if the quarterback can just at least keep his head above water, and he did. And there's just bad guys on this team. And and again, it's not just necessarily the players. It is the coaches. And remember, the GM hired the gen, or the defensive coordinator. And again, obviously, it was a great hire. We won a Super Bowl with Jim Schwartz, but his time has come. I'm done with this. We can't play this soft-ass bitch defense anymore. It don't work. It's not going to work in this league. This league is a scoring league now. you got to get aggressive. you got to try to force turnovers. You're going to have to accept the fact that teams are going to score on you, but you got to at least turn them over. you got to get a couple turnovers to offset the points that they're going to score. That's how you win. That's how the best teams are figuring out ways to win in the NFL. 
it. The freak of the week this week is easy. It's Travis Fulgham. I mean, it goes without question. I mean, the guy had 10 catches, 152 yards, and a touchdown. The first guy with 10-plus catches and plus 150 yards for an eagle at the wide receiver position since Jeremy Macklin did it in 2014. It's crazy. It's crazy to think. And yes, once Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey and, and, and whoever the hell else you want to say, Jalen Rager, once they're healthy, this guy's still on the field, right? I mean, like even if I, I don't care about your draft position anymore, that's got to start, stop counting. Travis Fulgham has earned the right to stay on the field right now until otherwise. And again, he's earned a leash here. He's been the one consistent guy here the last two weeks where he's made plays when the ball is thrown to him. He stays on the field. I don't know what's going to happen next week, but again, you also got to look at it from this perspective. You're 1-3-1. and one. You need to develop young players. You need to start getting an identity for going forward with this team because right now, our older guys, like I said, and I named them before, Zach Ertz sucks. Uh, Fletcher Cox is playing like garbage. Um, who else is highly played on this team? I mean, look at uh, Lane Johnson's hurt. Brandon Brooks ain't playing. I mean, you, you go through the offense line, Ciamalo's not playing. Uh, Jason Peters, they gave him a raise. That worked out really good. I mean, really, it's it's incredible. Look at the receivers. Jeffrey hasn't played yet, even though he's on PUP and they took him off and all that crap. And Deshaun Jackson, he can't stay on the field. He's hurt. You look at the, like, it's just all over the field. But you do have some guys with heart. Like, I look at, like, a guy like Rodney McLeod, man. That guy busts his ass. He was, and they were questioning if they should have brought him back. Yeah, that was the guy to question about bringing him back. Rodney McLeod is one of the best players on that defense. Without him, I'd be petrified to see how bad. It, it would be somehow catastrophically worse, which would blow your mind, but it could be, yes. And Jim Schwartz's philosophy also of not having linebackers, that's clearly blown up in his face. No matter what they want to say, that when we won the Super Bowl, Kendricks and Bradham were playing at a great level. And they had Hicks, and he was hurt. Well, guess what? You, you, it don't get it, it. can't win in the NFL when you have Nathan Gary and Duke Riley as your run, uh, your linebackers. I'm sorry. Let Alex Singleton play. Let Davion Taylor play. I'm tired of hearing the whole he ain't ready to play. Well, Nathan Gary ain't ready to play, and he's been playing for five weeks, and it's been some of the worst football I've ever seen somebody play in my life. Put the kid in. Put Bradley in. Give these guys a shot. It's about time. We got to start seeing what you got. You never would have played Travis Fulgham, right? He was never going to be on. He wasn't even on the roster. The only reason he's on the roster is because Jeffrey got hurt. Rager got hurt. Jackson got hurt. Ortega Whiteside got hurt. He had four guys down, so he had no choice. Out of attrition, you had to bring him up, and guess what happened? You found out, oh my God, this guy might be actually worth something. Sometimes you have to you have to stop playing and relying on the same guys. Nathan Gary has not earned the right to play for the Eagles right now. He does not have the right to be the starting middle linebacker. Put the other guys in. We need to see what they are. Because clearly, you know what? Your record of showing me that you picked the right guys to play all the time is completely wrong. A lot of these guys that are coming off the bench. Look at Greg Ward last year. He's one of our better receivers on this team. He wasn't on the team until freaking halfway through the season. Then they finally, out of attrition, had to give him a shot. And it turns out, oh wait, he catches everything. Unlike half the guys on our team who can't catch. That's another scary thing. Is this team, the way they evaluate players. It's like, far too often, it's guys that weren't on the team or guys on our practice squad that end up being actual competent football players. And you think to yourself, well, why weren't those guys on the active roster to begin with? It's either the, the the coaches are horrible or the GM has some force in this and he's killing this team. And that could be the, the, the case as well because Howie Roseman sucks at his job too. 1-3-1. One, 1-3-1. Three, and one. One, three, and one. Played two competent defenses and guess what happened in both of them? Or two competent offenses, I apologize. And guess what happened in both of them? They both almost hung 40 on you. 
just disappointing. It's just very disappointing because today was a very winnable game. It was nice to see the Eagles come back there, you know, have some heart, get the turnover, the clutch turnover on, you know, the Ebron catch fumble thing. And, you know, you have a shot there to win the game and then your head coach, you know, loses his nuts. Oh, he's got, he's, he's, and they're talking on that broadcast, by the way. And by the way, Fox was terrible with their broadcast today. They called that face mask on Brandon Graham. You never saw it. Um, they called the, the penalty on Malik Jackson, you know, near the goal line. You never saw it. They never showed replays. Uh, Jonathan Vilma is, you know, he, he, the, the catch on the sideline that ended up getting overturned. It's just, they were horrible at their broadcast. I thought it was atrocious. It was unenjoyable watching them. They weren't providing anything to the broadcast. The re- like I said, we already went into detail how bad the referees were. Well, the broadcast itself sucked too. But I mean, really, there there was just there's just so many things with this team right now that are completely frustrating. And like I said, it's about time that we get some other guys on the field to see what they got. You cannot keep the same guy. Like, Jalen Mills should never play corner again. With the reason we signed him to play safety was because he absolutely sucked at corner, right? And I know, oh, man, well, we had no choice. You had to put him at corner. No, you had a choice. You have Graylin Arnold. You have Elijah Riley on this roster right now, right? You had Craig James activated today. Put them at corner. Move him back to safety. He's there to play safety because he can't play corner. And guess what he proved today? He can't play corner. And if this is Jim Schwartz, like I said, he needs to be removed. He needs to go. We all know it. I'm thankful. I'm very thankful. I think he's he, he was a smart head coach for a long time, or a defensive coach for a long time, but he is not adjusting to the new game. Aggression. We need aggressive in Philadelphia. I am so tired of passive and soft. Because, again, it's starting to roll over to your better players where they're they're getting passive and soft. No, you need hungry dogs, right? The underdog. Well, be the underdog. Be hungry. I- I'm tired of this, This oh, we're, we're going to play back 10 yards defense that we play. This soft defense that shows no signs of blitzing ever. You know, the, it, it's like it, it pops on the screen, the occasional blitz the Eagles run. You know the Steelers, they blitz 52% of the time. I get it too. The Eagles scored 30 points, so I'm not sitting here saying the, def- the, the Steelers defense was all that great. They played a bad game today. And that's going to happen. It's a scoring league. You're going to have bad days. It's just the point, though, that the Eagles' defense had opportunities to get off the field, and the coach, it seems to me, put them in disadvantages um, in terms of personnel and lining them up and all that in formation. And guess what happened? They completed first downs. They got big plays. They got what they needed, and they won the game. You watch Roethlisberger. His instincts were incredible today. He knew Mills stunk. He went at Mills. He knew when he saw Claypool on Gary, he went right there. He knew when he saw Craig James come in for Slay, he was going right to Claypool. I mean, it's just his mind was ahead of the Eagles. It was simple, but he he took advantage of the simple. And that's something I want to see Carson Wentz start doing. Because that Nelson 22, he was toast all day. That should have been the guy he was going at all day. And especially on that crucial third and five at the end of the game, he throws the ball at Hayden, who's covering Fulgham. That's the one guy to avoid. That's their best cover corners, Joe Hayden. They pay Joe Hayden big money because Joe Hayden makes big plays. And you went at Joe Hayden. That's not right. That's the thing with the quarterback. That's the one thing he needs to improve on. He has to start thinking the football game. Understand where the defense's weaknesses are and attack them. They're weaknesses. You don't attack strengths, especially in big moments. I get it. You want them to stay honest. But in the biggest, most crucial moments, you got to go at strengths. Like an example last year, and I know it blew up in their face, but Green Bay, the minute Craig James had to come on that field in that game at Green Bay, when Avante Maddox got hurt, Rodgers was going right at him. He's like, okay, this guy's coming in off the bench. I'm going to make him get lucky. And he got lucky. 
and he stopped it, and we ended up winning the game. But Roger, it was never a doubt where their quarterback was doing it. Sometimes you don't overthink it. That 22 for the Steelers today, Nelson, he was toast. He was the guy to go at. He was the guy who was getting beat every which way. And on that big crucial play, he went at the wrong guy. He went at Hayden, and Hayden made a good play because Hayden is an elite corner. Next week is the Ravens, obviously. I mean, spoiler, it's going to be really hard. It's going to take a miracle, right? Uh, their defense, by the way, also very aggressive. So don't think that, you know, and I don't know if laying back and, you know, what your plan's going to be for Lamar Jackson, but you know how today the Steelers couldn't do any play-action rollouts, so you know what they did? They would hand the ball to Claypool on some reverses, Ray-Ray McLeod on reverses, misdirections. They knew that our team has no discipline at the defensive end position. Everybody's not, they're just taught to collapse. So they took advantage of it. They outscouted the Eagles. I mean, it was it was easy. They, they were just doing things. They knew their quarterback is not mobile enough to run play action rollout. So they figured, how do we do that? Let's do some mixed direction reverses. Let's do some you know jet sweeps, things like that. And it worked brilliantly. Their offensive game plan was flawless. I mean, they did everything that I would have did if I was trying to beat the Eagles. It's pretty easy. And guess what? Now next week you're going to play the Ravens, and guess what they have? A quarterback that is elite as a runner. He is the most elite runner there is. You think they ain't going to play action roll out the Eagles to death? That's exactly what's coming. And here's the spoiler on this time. When they do the rollouts, the quarterback can actually run with it because Jared Goff did it so well, and Jared Goff is about as good an athlete as I am. Well, Lamar Jackson, he's an elite athlete. It's, it, it, this this was another just a winnable game. The, the Eagles have been, they've played five games so far, all of which have been winnable. The two best offenses they played exposed them in every way on their defense because their defense is overrated because their coach absolutely sucks. And, and finally, the quarterback is starting to trend a little upward, and it, he's got confidence in a couple receivers, and, you know, the defense lets us down. It's just it's, it's a sign of a bad team, it is. It's a sign of a bad team and it's a sign of bad coaching. And I don't know what's going to happen here, but I mean, yeah, people are going to hang their hats on the fact that they're still in this division, that they still have a chance to win the division. But it's like, cool, if you win the division, great. You're just going to be bounced in the playoffs in round one because you can't beat anybody with talent. Yeah, I get it. The division sucks. Cool. So what? You're going to get a handout and make the playoffs and go out in the first round? I mean, is that is that what you want? I mean, yeah, I'd like to get into the playoffs, but I want to get in the playoffs knowing our team has a shot to win. And the only way that's going to get a shot to win is they got to change some philosophies. They got to get some new guys on the field. They got to try to inject some freaking heart into this team because there's guys out there that just don't have it. And right now, Zach Ertz, he don't got it. Thanks for listening to the new norm. Ugh.